I want to um, I want to teach tonight. Brother David, it couldn't have happened to a better man. That's awesome. When I heard that and I went to look up, in my heart I said, God, it would please me if that was Brother David. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. And if uh, those of you that, uh, if you haven't been able to sign up for the fasting sheet and you want to do that, See Brother Drew tonight, and he'll get you on there. We do have people on every day. We've got multiple people on every day. Thank God for that. And uh, I appreciate that. That's great. 21 days of prayer and fasting, and God is going to move in a mighty way. He is moving in a mighty way. Uh, And that ties in with what I'm teaching tonight because... I dealt a little bit on Sunday with feeling like maybe there's some attack of the enemy that is going on. And uh, while we don't attribute everything to the devil, we do attribute some things to the devil because the devil does work against the people of God. And if we ever get to the point where, and, and you need to be wary of people who, 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 who never feel like the devil has any, uh, that, that the devil cannot have any effect in our lives. Those people are out of, they're in one field, and the people who think the devil does everything, they're in the other field. There, there is an enemy, an antagonist of our soul. And so uh, we need to be able to deal with him. And I'm going to tell you tonight that uh, one of the ways we deal with him is with a life of submission. Everybody say submission. My subject tonight is the marks of a submitted spiritual life. The marks of a submitted spiritual life. Um, We know, or we should know, and if you don't, please hear me when I say, that we are engaged in a spiritual warfare. We are engaged in a spiritual warfare. Have you ever ever been dealing with somebody and, and and maybe they said something, something came out of their mouth that was so uncharacteristic of them, and you knew that this wasn't just them, but but that they were being affected by some spiritual opposition that had caused them to get to a point that they'd even say such a thing. I rem- I'm going to tell on myself, okay? I'm going to tell on myself. And uh, I remember uh, arguing with my mother one time, and, and saying something just so, so terrible to her and, and trying, trying, doing my very best to say something that would hurt her. I didn't believe what I said. I'm not going to tell y'all what I said. Y'all want to know what I said. I'm not going to tell y'all because y'all wouldn't come back Sunday probably. I... I I knew what I was saying was not true, but I wanted to say something that would hurt her and cut her. Now, I don't think I was possessed of the devil. I really don't. If I did, I'd tell you. I don't think I was possessed of the devil, but I do think in that moment I was a pawn in his hand to bring an attack against my mother in a battle that they were facing. 
And instead of me being a help to them, I actually became a hindrance to them. We are facing spiritual warfare. And when we go to the, to the Lord in prayer and fasting, we are using the tools of spiritual warfare. When we pray, we are affecting things in the spirit. When we fast, we are affecting things in the spirit. And so it's important that all of us come together on this. Because if the devil's going to attack a church, it's important that the church stand together. Amen? You having problems with, with me or anything? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, it's important that we stand together. There, there is power in unity. And so I think it's so wonderful we're reading the Bible through together this year. That is unity. I think it's wonderful we're, we're praying together and we're fasting together. That is unity. And it will cause there to be a spiritual effect. Um, when we experience attack, as we either currently are or we will, it's imperative that we know what to do. Somebody say amen. amen. We need to know what to do. And the first thing to do is not, we, we just got through talking about in, in dealing with prayer. Uh, Brother Jimmy taught that lesson on uh, how we could pray. And we talked about praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And so when we pray, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on the authority, and you ought to say it like you mean it, by the way. I, don't, don't say it timid, say it like you mean it. When, when I talk to the devil, I'm not talking to him like he might have the upper hand on me. I'm going to talk to him like I've got the upper hand on him. Because the Bible said that he's put under my feet. And so, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and on the authority of the word of God. And, and we talked about all of those things that, that we can do when we begin to pray. But I'm going to tell you that when we pray, we're going to pray like that. But the first thing to do is not to adjure the enemy... Don't adjure the enemy and say, I adjure thee in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches, as they did the sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. The first thing you do is not to go there. I, I know I'm messing with you all right now. What are we, are we throwing away last Wednesday night's lesson? We're just going to toss that out the window? No, that's not what we're saying. You don't first go there. If we don't first get in line with God, it's going to be useless how many times we start claiming the name of Jesus. Now, you hear me. Those sons of Sceva came and they said, We adjure thee by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And that devil spoke out of that man and said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? And then he beat them up and sent them running down the road naked. That is not an encounter that anybody needs to be having. And, and they could have said Jesus, 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 till they were blue in the face. And I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't going to make a difference. And the reason is, is because they were not in line with God. Before we resist the devil, we must first submit to God. If you go to James chapter number 4 and verse 7. James chapter 4 and verse 7. This is, this is a key verse. Submit yourselves therefore to God. 
resist the devil and he will flee from you. Before you ever resist the devil, you better make sure you've submitted to God. Because we don't, because we don't have power with a God that we are not in alignment with. All right? Now, I know this goes against everything. You go, you go listen to some television preacher today, and they're not going to tell you nothing I'm telling you right now. Because, because this puts the monkey on your back. And we want the monkey to be on everybody else's back but ours. Hello. Put the monkey on the preacher's back. Put the monkey on God's back. Don't put the monkey on my back. You know, don't, don't make any of this incumbent upon what I do. But I'm going to tell you, there is a lot that is incumbent upon what you and I are willing to do. And when we are not in alignment with God, we are not going to have spiritual authority. Um, and, and so we're told by James, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Once you've submitted to God, you can resist the devil. Then he will begin to flee. And so that being so important, I want to deal with this. The marks of a submitted spiritual life. Um, there are three areas of submission that I, would, that I would present to you tonight. There's more than three areas of our lives where we need to be submitted, but I think these are three that are very, very important. Um, the first one is the Word of God. We need to be submitted to the Word of God. Um, the Bible said that we would show, John told us, he said, you're going to show your love for God in that you obey Him. That you take his word, you obey his word specifically, he said. When you obey and submit your life to the word of God, you are, you are causing yourself to be put in subjection to what God has said above what you would say. Now, that, that sounds like a real easy statement to make tonight, doesn't it? Submit to the word of God. Oh, man, that's all we got. All right, I'm out of here. I'm good. The problem is, it's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to do that. If, if it was that easy, we could have church about once every other month, and we'd be all right. Because, because most of what preaching and teaching is, is trying to get people to submit to the Word of God. And, and if it was just that simple, boy, we could be out of here real quick tonight. I'm going to tell you that uh, it takes a concerted effort on our part. It takes diligence on our part to make sure that I keep bringing my life into alignment with the Word of God. I don't always, let, let me back that up. My spirit, when my spirit's right, my spirit will always agree with the Word of God. When my spirit is right, my spirit will always agree with the Word of God. But my flesh will often disagree with the Word of God. There's going to be a lot of things you're going to hear from the Word of God. And your flesh is going to say, Ooh, I don't like that. Has anybody here ever been reading the Bible and you came across something and, and something just said, mm, I don't like that? Y'all are such spiritual people. <laughs> Take my glasses off so I can't see y'all's faces. You know you have. And, and be reading through, and, and, and I particularly go through the Gospels and read some of the stuff Jesus has to say. And, 
And everybody thinks Jesus, uh, they want to do away with the Old Testament and get to what Jesus had to say. Let me tell you, Jesus had some tough things to say. And, and you read what he said, and, and, and something rises up, and you say, I don't want to agree with that. That's, that's your flesh rising up against you. And you've got to make certain that you bring that flesh into alignment. And you say, flesh, you're not going to run me. You're not going to rule me. Uh, I am going to submit to the word of God. I'm going to submit to the word of God. That's one area we need to submit. The next one, this is, gonna, this is one of those things I'm, I'm kind of jumping back into Sunday. Something I said, this makes me a little uncomfortable to talk about, but I feel like it's important to talk about. Um, we need, and I'm talking about the marks of a submitted spiritual life. So I'm not telling you you need to, uh, when I say this next point, I'm not saying you got to submit everything in your life, but we need to learn how to submit to the shepherd that God has put us under. We need to learn how to submit to the shepherd that God has, I'm going to keep my glasses off, okay? Let me say it again. We need to learn how to submit to the shepherd that God has put us under. Um, not talking about somebody that will tell you, well, you need to, you and you, y'all need to get together and get married, and, and, and you need to, you need to, this needs to become your occupation in life, and this, and if I'm pointing anybody, I don't, I'm not trying to, I can't see you, okay? You need to do that, and you need, and, and run your life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who, who are trying to feed your soul. And they're trying to give you spiritual direction and point you in the ways of God. Um, we've got to learn how to submit. If, if, if somebody is a God-called shepherd, and I know that God has, has placed me in that, under that ministry, I've got to learn how to bring myself into alignment with that. I've got a shepherd. I've got a shepherd. And, and I'm going to tell you, I don't always like what he has to say to me. And, and, you know, that tough, tough is tough. You, you're just going to deal with it sometimes. And sometimes I get up here and preach things, and I, it, it's a little hard to preach, to be quite honest with you. I'm getting ready. Just y'all hold on, because in January we're going we're gonna to go. I've got two Wednesday nights. I've got to teach some things. And then in February we're going we're gonna to go no holds barred, and I'm going to say some very strong things to this church through the month of February, and you need to be here for it. And it's going to be hard to say, and I'll probably, I'll probably be very uncomfortable, and you may be very uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you why I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because I believe it's what the Word of God has to say and what God's put in my heart to say to this church. And if this church is going to continue to be what it needs to be, somebody's got to stand in the pulpit and give a clear sound that we can all unite under the banner of that message. That makes sense? If we all, it, otherwise we go back to what the book of Judges had, and that's where every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And that caused havoc, and that, that caused spiritual uh, perversion to take place in Israel. So we've got to be careful. Let me give you a couple scriptures here. Hebrews 13 and 17. Hebrews 13 and 17. And after that, I'll be going to 1 Corinthians 16. Hebrews 13 and 17. Oh, there it's a it's a computer issue. Yeah, no, okay. So 
Read. Y'all remember those days? <laughs> Y'all, we're going to get through all this media stuff. We've gotten spoiled, haven't we? I sure have. And they're, all, they're so quick on the draw for me. Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Um, he's not talking about somebody taking advantage of you. And it's a shame that we live in such a day and age that I feel uncomfortable to talk about this scripture because, because people who don't want to live for God take that scripture and act like preachers use it as a bully club. Somebody help me right now. Make me feel better like I'm not all by myself. It's, it's a shame that, that people who don't want to live right say, well, I, I tell you those preachers, yeah, I can hear them right now. Obey them that have the ruler. Submit yourself to me. I'm not going to submit to some man. He's just a man. And Well, you just keep talking like that, but you talk yourself out of the word of God. We talk ourselves out of the word of God. And what we do is we begin to take, uh, we begin to take uh, carnal thoughts and we try to allow carnal thoughts to become the guiding principle and force of our lives. And I'm just going to tell you right now, your ways are never going to be better than his ways. And your thoughts are never going to be better than his thoughts. This is God's plan. It's God's plan. And so God has given us the ministry for these things. And it's important. It's important. And uh, it's a scripture that's in the Bible. I'm going to be the one held accountable here. That scripture is stronger on me than it is on you. It said, obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. I'm going to have to give an account for what and how I minister to you. I'm going to have to give an account. I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and God's going to say, I put my people into your hand. How did you treat my people? Did you feed my people with my word? Did, did you, uh, did you, did you uh, handle my people the way I would handle my people? And I'm going to have to give an account for that. He said, if you'll obey, if you'll submit, um, they'll be able to do that with joy and not with grief, for that's unprofitable for you. And we've had so many preachers that fell into false doctrine because they were intimidated by the congregation that sat before them. For whatever reason. They, they, I've seen congregations intimidate preachers to, to, to let go of things they didn't need to let go of. And I've seen congregations intimidate preachers to preach stuff they had no business preaching. And it's both wrong. We've got to find where the word of God is. And we've got to have somebody to share that with us. Are we doing all right tonight? 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse number 15. And if, if y'all get to where y'all are beating me up there, just let me know. 1 Corinthians 16 and 15. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits. And we're going to go down to verse number 18, Brother Drew. You know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. 
that you submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, and I wish they wouldn't put all these names in there, but <laughs> I wish they'd have said those guys. For that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. For they refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. He said, I beseech you, brethren. I beseech you, brethren. Uh, he said, you know the house of Stephanus. It's the first fruits of this other ministry that Paul had done. Uh, this, is, this was someone won from that, and now they are in ministry. He said, I'm going to ask in verse 16 that you would submit yourselves to such, to everyone that helpeth with, with us and laboreth. Uh, these are people you need to submit yourself to. They've refreshed my spirit and yours. Acknowledge, them, acknowledge for yourself that they are such people. And Paul's telling them, when, when, when there are people in ministry that have been called into positions of authority over you, submit yourself to them. Don't make life hard for them. Help them. How many know that this church flows better whenever we're all working together? When I'm not fighting with you and you're not fighting with me. This church flows better when we are working in unity together. Third thing, third area we must submit to, that is the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit of God. We've got to submit to the Spirit of God. Romans chapter number 8 and verse, verses 6 through 9. Romans 8 verses 6 through 9. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Paul told the church at Rome, he said, it should not be that you are a people that are in the flesh. It should not be that you're a people that are in the flesh. It should be that you are a people that live in the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ should dwell in you. And because the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, you should submit to that Spirit. Paul's telling them that because he knows that the flesh is going to rise up in them. And he's saying when that flesh is trying to rise up in you, you are going to have to make sure that you allow the Spirit of God to rule and reign in your bodies. We've got to make sure it happens. So these are three key areas of submission. The Word of God, the Shepherd of God, and the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? We've got to learn how to come in alignment with these things. Um, the second thing I, I want to deal with tonight is what a submitted life. Tell, tell me a little bit what that's going to look like, Pastor. Well, let me contrast that with, with uh, one who's very well known in the Scripture who was unsubmitted. And that is uh, somebody by the name of Satan. Anybody ever heard of Satan? Not your spouse. Satan. 
Help me tonight, Lord. Isaiah 14 and 12. Isaiah 14 and 12. We're going to read down through verse number 17. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Now listen. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit, that they that see thee shall narrowly look on thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man? And a better way to say that, because Satan is not just a man, he's a spiritual being. It'd probably be better to say, Is this the one that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. Watch this verse. That opened, this verse moved me, that opened not the house of his prisoners. Let me tell you something about the devil. He don't want to open up the house of his prisoners. If he can ever get you caught up in something, that's why we'd better be real careful. We tend to think the only prisons, can I preach for a moment while I'm teaching? We tend to think the only prisons that there really are are prisons of addiction, of drugs and alcoholism, and and those are prisons we get in. But let me tell you, church people get in prisons too. They get in prisons of bitterness and anger and 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 frustration and all kinds of things. The, the, those feelings that that get around you can become a prison. And the devil wants to put you in that prison and keep you there. That's why some people you and I run across always have a certain kind of spirit. I want to help us right now, okay? I know people. 20 years ago, they were negative. 10 years ago, they were still negative. Five years ago, they were negative. Yesterday, they were negative. Tomorrow, if they don't let God break the chains, they're going to be negative. You know what happened? And there are people that go to church. They got inside a prison a long time ago. The devil put them in a prison. And because it wasn't drugs or alcohol or something like that, they, they didn't know they were in a prison. And they started getting walls built around them. And now they stay there all the time. And they live life in the, in the looking through windows of negativity. Everywhere they turn, that's their, that's their prism that they look through. And it could be something different. You know people like I'm talking about right now. And, and, and they're caught up in this, in this uh, house that the devil has got them into. But thank God the devil's going to be destroyed and the works of the devil are still being destroyed in the world today because we have a spirit of God and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I just want to stop and preach and prophesy a moment and I want to tell you that if you've been caught up in a prison like that, it's getting ready to come down in the name of Jesus. If you've got kids or family in a prison like that, it's coming down in the name of Jesus. And even if they're in prisons of addiction, it's coming down in the name of Jesus. I wish somebody would grab a hold of that word right now. 
The devil don't want to let them out, but I know a God. Whoop, I know a God that went down to hell and he kicked the door in and said, I'll take the keys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody hold my mule. <laughs> y'all know y'all love me. <laughs> that's what the devil is. That, that, that's who he is. That's who he was. He was this Lucifer in heaven. He said, I will do this. I will do that. I'm, and then you get the Revelation chapter number 12, verses 1. Uh, I'm going to read a few verses here. Revelation 12, verses 1 through 12. I'll probably work my way down through it. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail. He's talking about the enemy of our soul, the devil. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. That's saying he pulled a third of the angels with him and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to, to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. It's talking about the Messiah. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. And there was war in heaven. Watch this. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. But they prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called, I told you it was the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath. Who's, who's, in the, uh, who's still in the, uh, the inhabitants of the earth and the sea? That'd be us. Woe to us, because the devil's come down to us, having great wrath, because he knows he hath but a short time. That's the devil that we are dealing with. The devil is the, is the epitome of an unsubmitted spiritual life. The devil, Satan, is, is the perfect picture of an unsubmitted life. And so I'm going to tell you what a submitted life does look like. By showing you what he did and what we're not going to do. Is that all right? Let me, here's what a submitted life looks like. It refuses jealousy. It refuses jealousy. 
Don't ever let spiritual pride get a hold of you to where you begin to get jealous of other people because of their giftings or how they operate or the hand of God on their life and you want it the way they got it and and God's using you in different ways. You better be careful about that stuff. You're dealing in witchcraft when you begin to mess with that stuff. You're dealing in in witchcraft. Is this okay on a Wednesday? I hope this isn't too out there for y'all, but this is what I felt to talk about. The devil began his demise of unsubmission whenever he began to get jealous, and he started saying, I read it, and, and you can go back to it if you want, in Isaiah 14 and 13, when he started saying, I will, I will. I, why is it God gets all the, he gets to, to, to be the one that sits on the throne. He gets to, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Next verse. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. He was jealous of God. And when we refuse jealousy, we are on the right path to not living an unsubmitted life. Proverbs 6 and 34. Give me Proverbs 6 and 34. I should have given you my notes, Brother Drew, and I apologize I didn't. And then I'm going to Song of Solomon 8 and 6. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Jealousy is the rage of man. And if, you, and if, you have, if you're dealing with jealousy and you get a chance to exercise a little vengeance, you're not going to hold back. That's good, y'all. If you get jealousy down in your spirit and you get the opportunity to get the upper hand on somebody, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to do everything you can to destroy that one. God, keep me from jealousy. God, keep me from jealousy. Song of Solomon, uh, verses 8 and 6. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. What does the grave do? The grave grabs a hold of you. Specifically, as Solomon would have seen it in his time, the grave grabs a hold of you and entraps you and says, I don't want to let you go. And there's not anything to us in this life, there's nothing as cruel as the grave. Because the grave has, the at this particular time, you would say, has the greatest hold on you. Jealousy, he said, the wise man is cruel. As the grave. Jealousy gets a hold on you and entraps you. And the devil could not deal with jealousy. A submitted life refuses that spirit. The second thing a submitted life does is it refuses divisiveness. Go to Revelation 12 and 4. Revelation, I tell you what, you don't go there. I'm going to go there. You go to Proverbs 6 and 16. Revelation 12 and 4 says... And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. 
And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. The devil became divisive. That was the second thing that happened to him. It started with jealousy and then it grew into divisiveness. And he said, you know what? God's got all these angels that worship him and that do his bidding. I'd like to have some of that too. And he began to create division in heaven. And he was successful. And he got a third of the angels to follow him and to go his way. Isn't that incredible? He got a third of the angels to follow after him and to go his way. And then... He, st- he stands before the woman because as soon as this Messiah is born, he's ready to take him out. Divisiveness, divisiveness, trying to separate people from God, trying to separate, uh, in that particular case, trying to separate uh, God's people from their salvation. Proverbs 6 and 16, going through verse 19, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. God hates divisiveness. He wouldn't tolerate it in heaven, and he's not going to tolerate it in his church. He hated it in heaven, and he hates it in the church. And he dealt with the, watch this, he dealt with the jealousy as long as he could. But when the devil became divisive, that's when God stepped in, and he cast him out of heaven. He said, there are some things that I'll give you a, a space of grace to work through, and there's some things I'll try to help you through, but there's some things I'm not going to let you destroy my church. I won't let you destroy my church. And there's a difference between a goat and a wolf. There's a difference in it. And I'm trying not to preach now. I need to teach this. There's a difference in a goat and a wolf. A goat is somebody that, that, that they're not doing right, but, but they need to be helped to do right. But a wolf is in there because a wolf's trying to sneak in to devour and divide. Looking for the weak and cut them off from the, from the rest of the flock. And God said, I'm going to tell you what I'll do with, with you, devil. You start getting divisive. I cast you out of heaven. And he did that. We, If we have a submitted life, we will refuse jealousy and we will refuse divisiveness. Don't let divisiveness get into your marriage. Don't let divisiveness get into your home. Don't let divisiveness get into this church. Don't let divisiveness get anywhere near your walk with God. Keep out divisiveness. The third thing that the submitted life refuses is wrath. Somebody say wrath. If you'll go to Proverbs 21, 24. I'm going to to read to you Revelation 12 and 12. He said, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. When we are unsubmitted, we grow very angry very easily. Now, let's be honest, because 
Everybody in this room was a teenager at one time. How many of you know that when you were the most unsubmitted to your parents, it's when, it's when you had the worst attitude and you had the worst, let me say, it, you had wrath in your heart. And you'd blow up over the silliest things. If you can't say amen about you, say it about your own kids. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because some of y'all were always so good, you know. Such holy people in here. And, and hello. Boy, that's good teaching, Pastor. I'm trying to decide if I need to be offering commentary on this tonight or not. He said, the devil's come down to you. He has great wrath. When you are unsubmitted, you find yourself being pulled in the direction of wrath. You're angry. You're upset. Nobody can say the right thing. I love you. I knew you'd say that. It's funny because it's true. And and you can't get nothing right. Nothing's going to, nothing. You, you, you can't, you can't apologize enough. You can't apologize the correct way. It's just, it's never going to get worked out. It's wrath, wrath, wrath. And we've got to be careful because when we get unsubmission in our hearts, in our spiritual lives, when, when, when that gets into us, then we, we're going to gravitate towards wrath. And nobody in leadership can make you happy. Nobody in the church can make you happy. Nobody, nobody who's trying to help you live for God can make you happy. But the submitted spiritual life refuses wrath. And here's the last one. A submitted spiritual life refuses to not be reconciled. Revelation 12 and 10. And I didn't, I didn't read your verses, did I? That's okay, we'll just go on. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. The devil does everything he can to keep God's people from being reconciled to their God. He hates reconciliation. He despises reconciliation. He doesn't, he doesn't want anybody to be reconciled. And that's why we're given to the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, would, you, um, would you pull up Matthew 5, 23 and 24, please? Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Therefore... If thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. It's impossible to be submitted to God at the altar if you won't be reconciled. 
with your brother. Can't happen. You refuse reconciliation, you're living an unsubmitted life. You're not going to give somebody that opportunity to get it right. It's an unsubmitted life. And the devil, if he can just, if he can just, he is looking for any foothold that he could possibly find. And he'll, he'll use whatever he can. He don't care if you talk in tongues seven days a week. He don't care if you come to church on Sunday and you worship and you feel the presence of God and you glorify God. He, I'm telling you, he'll give that to you if he can keep you from wanting to be reconciled to somebody. Because he knows then you can't resist him because you're not submitted to God. You're not submitted to God. We look at his life and we see this. But true submission will do this. True submission will be humbled. True submission humbles the person that is submitting. And there's been some days you and I, you know what I mean when I say, there's been days that you and I have had to be humbled under the mighty hand of God. And I didn't like what God had to say. I didn't want to hear what God had to say. And I sure didn't want to have to receive what God was telling me I had to receive. But thank goodness, thank goodness there was some place somewhere where I was humbled under the mighty hand of God and I let my life get submitted to Him. And I said, God, not my way, but Your way. And I don't know where I'd be today if I hadn't got my life submitted to God. I don't know where I'd be today if I hadn't got my life submitted to God. True submission will humble the person that is submitting. True submission will honor the wishes of the one who is asking. It's not the way I do it, God, but if that's what you're asking me to do, I'm submitted to you, and I'll do it that way. God, it's not the way I would have chosen. For instance, for instance, kill a, kill a lamb. And shed the blood of that innocent lamb and offered a sacrifice. God, that's, that's kind of gross and disgusting. I don't think that's what I would do. But it's what I asked you to do. All right, God, I'll honor what you're asking me to do. A submitted life. And there's some things that God's going to ask us to do that we won't like. And our flesh will rise up against it. But when we do it, God blesses it. When we do it, God blesses it. And then finally... True submission serves the plan that is set forth. Not only does it honor the wishes of the one who is asking, it serves the plan that is set forth and says, that's the way God said. I've honored his wishes by getting in line with him, and now I'm going to serve him and do whatever he said. I'm going to walk that way. I'm going to serve God, and I will serve the Lord with I will serve the Lord with gladness. But I thought you weren't happy about it. I wasn't very happy about it. But I learned if I'd submit to him. And I'd walk with him long enough in submission. That I'd get to the point where I knew that I had done the right thing. And it don't take very long walking with God. Woo! It doesn't take very long walking with God in submission. Till you get to the point where you are serving the Lord with gladness. 
because you know I couldn't have got it this good. I couldn't have got us here. I couldn't have, I couldn't have dreamed it up like this. I'd have done it different, Lord. I'd have made a shipwreck of it. But I'm glad, God, that I submitted to your ways. The marks of a submitted spiritual life. It refuses jealousy. It refuses divisiveness. It refuses wrath. It refuses non-reconciliation. And it humbles the one submitting. It honors the one asking. And it serves the plan that is set forth. Oh God, help us to live a submitted spiritual life. And God, every avenue that you have given me to speak into my life, you speak to me through your word, you speak to me through your shepherd, and you speak to me through your spirit, God. And every avenue that you've given me to speak into my life, I want to be submitted how I need to be submitted, God, so that I can grow in you, so that I can be strengthened in you, so that I can be what you're asking me to be, that I can become what you want me to become, that my destiny can be fulfilled, that my family can grow to know you and to walk with you and to love you I want to have a submitted spiritual life amen why don't we stand together right now lift our hands to the Lord and let's thank God let's thank God this evening that we have this opportunity let's thank God this evening that his ways are not hard ways let's thank God that he he shows us he gives us the opportunity he gives us the opportunity to follow after him. Hallelujah.